This next audio-described tour was also uh, supported by the D.C. Aid Association of the District of Columbia. It's a tour of two principal sections of the United States Holocaust Memorial and Museum in Washington, D.C. It involves the Hall of Witness and the Hall of Remembrance. And we think you'll enjoy listening to a taste of what uh, of these two major exhibition areas at the museum. Welcome to the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum. You are listening to an audio-described tour of the Hall of Witness and the Hall of Remembrance, intended for visitors who are blind or have low vision. Throughout the approximately 25-minute tour, you will hear description of the visual images throughout the two halls, including significant architectural features that are important components of architect James Ingo Fried's design. There are four sections, or stops, the Welcome and Orientation, the Hall of Witness, the Hall of Remembrance, and Conclusion. From a position facing the coat check, you may wish to move to the right, especially if it is crowded. Hall of Witness From a position facing the coat check area, please turn around 180 degrees away from the coat check area and move forward about 30 feet, taking care to go around the wheelchair station near the coat check area. You will come to a table used by volunteers. Often, Holocaust survivors are available here to share their stories with you. Turn to the right and proceed 20 feet to the museum's information desk. Follow the desk to the left about 8 feet to the end of that side of the desk. Just a step further, you will come to two rows of lights, like illuminated glass tiles encased in the floor and extending left and right on an angle. During the museum's busy season, there are usually visitors lined up at the information desk waiting for tickets. This description will tell you to follow the path of the tiles along the floor to the right. If there are visitors blocking your way, listen to the following description of the tiles and then turn to the right, walking around the visitors and proceeding to the metal sculptures and a bench-like seating area about 45 feet ahead. Turn to the right and follow the tiles about 15 feet. You may notice that the rows of tiles end, but pick up again about five feet further on after the break in the rows of tiles. Proceed another 25 feet forward to a metal bench-like seating area that extends to the left about eight feet. You may notice a vertical girder just to the right. From this juncture, you may wish to sit here for an overall description of the Hall of Witness. You are in the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum's Hall of Witness. It is a large, open, and rectangular area. The building itself is five stories high, and its skylight collapses down with its base at the top of the second floor, and its peak is at the third floor. When you go down the steps toward the gravity sculpture, the space feels even taller because you're one floor down at that point. The skylight shelters the entire area like a gable roof, between the tall towers that encompass this hall. The skylight roof consists of dozens of twisted or skewed trapezoidal panes. The glass roof shears the building along a diagonal line. The skylight drops beneath the flanking brick walls, 
pressing down upon the open space below, even as it opens the visitor's view to the sky above. Below, the skylight steel girders span the distance and add to a sense of weight over the area, about half the size of a football field. The hull is a transitional threshold that separates and displaces the visitor from the outside world. The building employs construction methods from the industrial past, and these old-fashioned techniques are visible in the Hall of Witness. Steel plates, bolted metal, girders, and rivets. The raw brick is load-bearing, and the structure is exposed. The walls at the short ends of the hall are in stark contrast to each other. The far end from where you are is black granite, The end that rises up behind where you're seated is white marble. Throughout, the brick is bound by straps or bands of metal under concrete arches. Arches and angles predominate. At the top of the dark slabs on the far wall are the words, You are my witnesses. Isaiah 43, 10. If you're seated at the bench-like metal seating, please stand and from where you are now, facing the hall, turn to your right. Or if you prefer to remain seated, this next section will take only a moment and includes stairs. It will describe an area with a pillar that is behind the bench seating. Move about 10 feet to a railing at three curved steps, about 15 inches deep, up to a landing with additional seating available on your right. Move forward nine feet to a steel round pillar. It supports one end of another steel girder over the landing. For those who decided to remain seated previously, please rise and turn to your right to walk forward about 30 feet to a metal railing. Turn left and follow the glass wall on your right. Square glass panels form a grid-like pattern. After about 8 feet, you can descend the three metal steps and turn right. About 13 feet ahead, you'll come to a railing that stretches to the left. For those who decided to remain seated previously, please rise and turn to your right to walk forward about 30 feet to a metal railing. Beyond the railing is a gap of 6 feet, and a floor below us is a set of two curved and large metal doors within the brick. Above you, rectangular openings, like windows leading nowhere are also set within the brick wall. Extending from the wall straight ahead are lamps that face down from metal shades focusing the light. The following description will ask you to follow the railing to the left. There are sometimes groups of visitors or presentations taking place in this area. If you are unable to follow the railing to the left, listen to the following description. Turning to your left, Walk until you are at the base of a stone stairway that is 70 feet away. Follow the railing to the left and note a locked metal gate of cross-hatched beams about 15 feet along on your right. Continue along the railing for another 45 feet to an opening on the right to the entrance walkway for the Anne and Isidore Falk Gallery and its Remember the Children, Daniel Story, an exhibition for children. The next time you visit, you may wish to explore this exhibition. It tells the story of one family's experiences during the Holocaust 
from the perspective of a boy growing up in Nazi Germany between 1933 and 1945. The self-guided exhibition takes about 45 minutes to an hour to walk through. Just 10 feet past this entrance area is a wide stone stairway, 18 feet wide at its base. It ascends over this far side of the hall. To the left of the staircase, etched at the top of the black granite slabs of the wall, are the words mentioned earlier, toward which we have been moving. You are my witnesses. Isaiah 43, 10. The staircase leads to a window that seems to be blocked. The narrowing staircase suggests a closed-off area in relation to the rest of the space. How to get to the second level using the elevator. If you'd like to use the elevator to reach the second floor, please move left approximately 25 feet past the wide stairway and the stairs. Continue past the Holocaust survivor table on the right to the coat check hallway and follow the hall to the right to reach the elevator as described earlier. The passageway before you is about 20 feet wide and you will walk about 50 feet and just past the donor's lounge on your left. About 30 feet ahead and to the right is the 15th Street entrance to the museum. Turn to your left away from the 15th Street entrance to the museum and proceed down a second passageway about 10 feet wide. On your right, you will notice a cement wall about 3 feet high. Atop it is a metal girder set back from the edge, somewhat like a railing. At the end of the cement and girder barrier, continue forward another 10 feet to the wide elevator on your right with its call button on the left side. Press the button labeled up. When in the elevator, press the button labeled two, the second one down from the top in the rightmost row of buttons. After leaving the elevator on the second floor, turn left and walk down the hall about 30 feet to a carpeted area. Another 10 feet along, you will come to tall and wide pillars. Simply walk to the right around them and to the opposite side of the pillars. Continue on a slight diagonal to the left, about 12 feet. You will be in the center of a round area adjacent to the Hall of Remembrance. Turn to your right just about 45 degrees and walk forward to enter a bridge about 30 feet wide and 50 feet long. There are benches along the right side, and on the left is an exhibit of 11 flags that represent the nations that resisted, as well as individual resistance movements. At the end of this bridge, you will come to the top of the stairway to this level on your right. Below you is the Hall of Witness. Past the top of the staircase and on the right is a small gift shop. And from a position with your back at the top of the staircase, Please move forward about 18 feet to a large square window. Track 6. How to get to the second level using stairs. If you have taken the staircase up to the second level, proceed up the railing on the right side of the wide staircase eight steps to a landing. Continue another eight feet to the remaining 29 steps to the second floor of the museum. You may note that the staircase has narrowed to only 8 feet wide at its top. The exaggeration of the narrow staircase heading to an archway makes it look like receding rail tracks. Continue under a brick arch. On either side, under the arch, is a metal gate with angled crossbars. 
go forward about ten feet. A small gift shop is to the right. You'll find magnets, pens, buttons, and other souvenirs at this shop. You have crossed onto a bridge that extends to the left, one of several passageways between two of the eight towers of the museum. People on these bridges can look down onto the expanse of the Hall of Witness and the other visitors to the museum. The entire hall is defined by unpredictability and uncertainty. Altogether, the interior suggests a departure from the norm, informing visitors that they are in a profoundly different place than the rest of the memorials and museums in Washington D.C. It is an environment that stimulates memory and sets an emotional stage for the museum's exhibitions. From a position with your back at the top of the staircase, please move forward about 18 feet to a large square window. Hall of Remembrance. You are standing at a window about 12 feet square, but the view here is obstructed. 16 square panels, four rows of four each, shield the view to the outside. Only horizontal and vertical slats, the spaces between each of the panels, allow light to enter from outside. Feel free to touch the panels. Take care, as there may be a bench in front of the panels. At the far right, you may note that the corner of the area consists of a narrow vertical wall of glass. From this juncture, it is possible to view the tall obelisk that is the Washington Monument, rising like a pointed spire to the sky. When you're ready, from a position facing away from the window, walk five feet forward, then turn right. A passageway before you is about thirty feet wide and fifty feet long. The angled skylight shelters you as you proceed along this walkway. Benches are along the left side, and on the right is an exhibit of eleven flags that represent the nation's and individual resistance movements. To the right of the flags display is a vertical panel listing the flags of the nations that participated in the liberation: United States of America, Canada, France, Italy (partisan units), New Zealand. Poland, United Kingdom, Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, and Yugoslavia. Just to the left, the flag display begins in two segments of six flags and then five flags. Along the base of the display are placards that provide additional information about several groups of resistance fighters. From right to left, Jewish fighters in the Krakow ghetto, Jewish resistance in Slovakia. Jewish fighters from Palestine, resistance in the Kovno ghetto, Jewish resistance in Belgium, partisans in Minsk, Treblinka uprising, resistance in the Vilna ghetto, Jewish partisans in France, Auschwitz revolt, Bialystok ghetto revolt, Jewish partisans in Eastern Europe, Sobibor uprising, Warsaw ghetto uprising, and Jewish fighters. In the Balkans. For more detail on each of these items, please see a museum staff member. Between the two displays of flags is a vertical panel titled "Jewish Resistance." Text reads: With few weapons against vastly superior forces, and with little support from the local populations, Jews fought the Germans in the forests and ghettos of Eastern Europe. 
They fought in resistance movements in Western Europe with Tito's forces in Yugoslavia and side-by-side with Soviet partisans, even in the death camps of Auschwitz-Birkenau, Treblinka, and Sobibor, Jews resisted with force, killing guards and leading mass escapes. In order to commemorate these courageous acts, the Miles Lerman Center for the Study of Jewish Resistance annually honors outstanding examples of heroism with the Medal of Resistance. Below this text, within a glass case, is one of the medals on a blue and white sash. It is made of bronze and in the shape of a menorah. It portrays three Jewish partisans in a forest near Lublin in occupied Poland. Beneath the bronze piece is a Star of David with a red stone symbolizing the Jewish blood shed while fighting the Germans. When you have passed the flags display, you'll come to a white, circular area, the entrance to the Hall of Remembrance to the right. This area is supported by round pillars and its dark gray stone floor consists of a six-sided shape at center surrounded by a larger six-sided shape which is in turn bordered by six oblong sections. If you wish, you can bend down to trace the outline of the shapes in the floor. You will feel the six-sided shape in the center. Stand in the middle of the area and speak a few words. It is likely that you will notice the echo of the words as you speak them. Please turn to your right and walk about 17 feet to a square archway. You may notice that the flooring shifts in color from dark gray stone to beige limestone marble. Take care, a sign is on a stanchion in the middle of the archway. It reads, This hall is a place for reflection, contemplation, and remembrance. Please respect the privacy and quiet of those who came here to remember. The hall is a six-sided room that measures some 80 feet in diameter, somewhat wider than a tennis court. Symmetry of design is a hallmark of this area, in contrast to the off-kilter nature of the shapes within and the design of the Hall of Witness. The predominant material found in the Hall of Remembrance is limestone, rather than the brick and steel found in the Hall of Witness. This gives the room an overall lighter quality than the Hall of Witness. On the level where you're standing, the six sides of the room provide a walkway around a center and sunken area, which we will explore later. The roof is a skylight in the shape of a six-sided tower. Six triangular, translucent shapes rise to support a six-sided and clear opening surrounding a smaller, six-sided window at the center. The number six suggests the six points of the Star of David. It could also represent the six million Jews who were persecuted and murdered in the Holocaust. Please turn to the right and travel about 20 feet to a corner of the room, following the wall on your right. You may notice that the walls are cast-in-place concrete, gray rectangular limestone blocks, while the inner walls of the ambulatory are limestone. There is a skylight separating the two at the top so that the inner walls form a hexagonal pavilion within the outer concrete shell. Each corner of the room includes a narrow and tall glass strip. All but one of these provides a partial view of the outdoors 
while one is completely blocked. Turn to your left to follow the perimeter of the room. As you proceed, you may encounter other visitors standing along the sides of the passageway. Indeed, you may detect the smell of burning candles. Proceed along this 40-foot side and take note, on your right, of three black sections. A railing extends the length of this area at about three feet high. Just beyond, and on a ledge at about four feet high, are two rows of candles within small glass containers. In the first section are 16 candles in each row. The second section displays 64 candles in each row. And the third section again displays 16 candles in each row. On a ledge between the candles and the railing are narrow sections of sand with slender pieces of wood that you can use to light a candle with a bit of flame from an already lit candle. The walls above each section of candles are black, with raised letters naming particular concentration camps, killing centers, and other sites or events maintained or supported by the Nazis during World War II. In this area, Ponari, Ninth Fort, Yasinovats, Stutov, Death Marches, Bergen-Belsen, Transnistria, Janowska, Theresienstadt, Babihar, and Rumbula. To the left, in each corner of the room, is a stairway with railings, two sets of three steps each leading to the center, sunken area of the hall. Please continue past the third section of names and past the next corner of the room. The next side of the room has a similar arrangement of candles, 105 candles in each of two rows. Three names are on the black wall here. Madanik, Auschwitz-Birkenau, and Chelmno. Opposite the sections with names are waist-high glass partitions between you and the center area of the hall. Continue on the path around the hall and past the next corner of the room with its tall and narrow glass window on the right. Continue along the next side of the room. You will come to another glass partition on the left, just above an eternal flame set in the center of a rectangular black steel block. On the right, the black steel wall bears the following inscription, Only guard yourself and guard your soul carefully, lest you forget the things your eyes saw, and lest these things depart your heart all the days of your life, and you shall make them known to your children and to your children's children. Deuteronomy 4, 9. The path continues along the perimeter of the hall, past another corner window, and then to another set of 105 candles in each of two rows. On the black panels above the candles are the names Bustitz, Treblinka, and Sobibor. Again, many other visitors may be congregated in this area. Continuing on the roughly circular path, you will pass another corner window and staircase on the right and left, respectively, before coming to a final section of candles. There is an emergency exit on the right, just before coming to two rows of 64 candles each. The names on the black panels here are Dachau, Ravensbrück, Buchenwald, Mauthausen, and Sachsenhausen. 
Another emergency exit is on the right as you walk past this section. About 10 feet along, you will come to a small open lift on the left that can assist in reaching and coming back from the low central area of the hall. There are also stairs if you prefer to use these. In a moment, the staircase will be described. A waist-high glass door leads to a roughly three-foot square platform, and once you have descended to the central area, another glass door leads out to the area. A call button is on a short pillar just to the right of the elevator on the upper level and to the left of the elevator on the lower level. Upon entering the elevator, up and down buttons are on the left, about three feet up from the floor. Once you pass the elevator, you will come to the entrance area to the hall on your right and a wide set of six marble steps on your left with railings on each side. The deep steps lead down to the central area of the hall. Within an outer rim of beige limestone, the central area's floor is a six-sided shape composed of dozens of red and gray specked red granite triangles, reminiscent, perhaps, of a field of red poppies. You can also bend down and trace the triangle shapes in the floor. They are equilateral triangles with about four and a half foot sides. From the middle of the hall, it is evident that each corner has a more narrow staircase leading to a rectangular opening to the perimeter of the hall. Between each staircase is a low seating area with gray cushions. Rows of rectangular slabs of white limestone comprise the inner wall with triangle shapes cut away above each corner. The triangles are reminiscent of Nazi concentration camp badges, a marking system of the prisoners in the camps. Two sections of concrete bear quotations from the Bible. What have you done? Hark, thy brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Genesis 4.10 And... I call heaven and earth to witness this day. I have put before you life and death, blessing and curse. Choose life that you and your offspring shall live. Deuteronomy 30, 19. Directly opposite the main staircase, about 50 feet forward, is the black rectangle that holds the eternal flame. On the face of the black slab, just under the glowing flame, is the following dedication. Here lies earth gathered from death camps, concentration camps, sites of mass execution, and ghettos in Nazi-occupied Europe, and from cemeteries of American soldiers who fought and died to defeat Nazi Germany. You can feel free to touch these engraved words on the side of the black slab. You may notice the crackling sound of the eternal flame and the heat it creates. This concludes our visit to the Hall of Remembrance. Please take one of the sets of steps or the lift to reach the upper level of the hall. How to get back to the coat check first level using the elevator. This concludes our tour of the Hall of Witness and the Hall of Remembrance at the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum. If you'd like to use the elevator to return to the first floor or to access the restrooms and water fountain on the lower level, please follow these directions. From the signage at the entrance to the Hall of Remembrance, walk forward about 15 feet and then on a slight diagonal to the right for another 12 feet 
to two round pillars. Walk to the left around them and to the opposite side of the pillars, and then forward about ten feet to a carpeted area. From there, the elevator is located ahead of you, about thirty feet on the right. The call button is on the left side of this wide elevator. In the elevator, press up the second button from the top in the left row. When you exit the elevator on the first floor, turn left, move about ten feet forward to the cement wall and girder on your right. Follow it along to the 15th Street entrance area and turn right to move down the passageway, past the donor's lounge on the right, and another 50 feet to the coat check area on your right. We hope you have had a meaningful visit to the museum and this audio described tour. If you have any comments about this audio described tour, we would like to hear them. Thank you for visiting the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum. This tour was produced by the American Council of the Blinds Audio Description Project and supported by a grant from the Aid Association for the Blind of the District of Columbia. This is Joel Snyder.